Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. If God is for you, who can be against you? You can't deny that it was Him. You can't take credit for it. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Well, folks, it's Tuesday, June 21st. Welcome to Kingdom Culture Conversations. I am thrilled to welcome back our friend Nate Atkinson. He is the executive principal that we heard from yesterday from Summerland Christian College. If, if you didn't get a chance to, uh, to hear yesterday's episode, please go back and in, enjoy that. Kind of sets the backdrop for the conversation we'll have. But, but Nate, welcome back Look, today. Uh, thank you very much, Jeff. And on, on back of you, authentically throwing in the word mate, I will say, <laughs> in, in last episode, g'day mates. <laughs> there you go. Last, last week, the schools I visited, the, the kids were just um, desperate to hear me say, g'day mate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, we, we wouldn't have served our audience well if, if we hadn't no. squeezed that out of you, I guess. <laughs> so glad glad for that. But listen, mm-hmm. hey, you you recently uh, endured a set of circumstances that were pretty trying at, at Summerlin Christian College there in Australia. Australia itself is, we were reflecting before we began recording mm-hmm. today, the like Arizona, where we have um, a fairly harsh environment, you know, mm-hmm eight, nine months of the year. Uh, Australia, too, is is somewhat harsh in yeah, environment. We, we, we experience extremities of um, the seasons um, across across the whole nation, um, areas of extreme desert and um, high areas of rainfall and uh, cool cool weather. Um, that's that's absolutely right. Yeah. And you were you were uh, ravaged recently by um, wildfires. Yeah, we've had yeah we've had seasons seasons of fires um, in in the area, and that was on the back of some uh, long periods of drought. Uh, that's that's for sure. Uh, but uh, most recently by by the flooding. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read just a little bit, kind of set the stage for that. the The 2022 Eastern Australian floods were one of the nation's worst recorded flood disasters, with a series of floods that occurred from February to April in southeast Queensland, the Wide Bay, Burnett, and parts of the coastal New South Wales. 22 people are known to have died during the disaster. Wow. Throughout southeast Queensland and the Wide Bay Burnett, almost 1,000 schools were closed in response to the flooding. Evacuations took place and the public were advised to avoid non-essential travel. Food shortages were reported across the region due to the ensuing supply chain crisis as well as affecting communities in outback Queensland. The flooding caused the ground across southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales Wales to become saturated and vulnerable to even small amounts of rain. Um, Nathan, can you describe that moment during these storms? Can you describe that moment for you personally, for your home, for your family? What was that like? Look, we, my, my family, my home were were absolutely safe and 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 not in a flood prone area. So so unaffected personally 
there. Um, but as the as the raining just would continue to happen day after day, and um, as word was sort of getting around that potentially the area could flood again, I guess there was a growing anxiety that this was. Um, possibly going to happen. Um, mm. I remember in the 24 hours just before, it was like the whole community was on a knife edge. Um, are we going to flood? Is it going to tip over to a point where it's going to cause some some destruction or not? And uh, just moving to the area just only months before that, I had not had a sense of what that might be like, frankly. Um, so I was very much relying on key leaders in the school to be sharing with me um, what, what might that would be like, um, what are things that we, we've done before or the community have done before? But um, a growing sense of anxiety. I uh, didn't sleep very well for the, for the night before. And, um, yeah, we, we had to make some pretty serious decisions um, through the course of the evening, really, about how we might respond and um, what, was, what was happening. Wow. So Summerlin Christian College, you shared with me, was not itself, at least in the first round of floods, was not no. immediately impacted. Yeah. But the community that you serve was. Can absolutely. you talk a little bit about that? What did that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're situated about 10 minutes out of the, the town centre of, of Lismore, where the, the, the worst flooding occurred. Lots of the families and, and staff from our school come from that area. So our, our people absolutely were, but our school itself was not... Um, yeah, damage during during that time, um, but it was a rapid fire communication, just trying to find out who was affected, how they were affected, um, how we might come together, um, how might we organise ourselves, organise ourselves uh, for prayer, and develop a strategy to um, to serve our local community and to to get school operations um, back up and running, which we absolutely saw as part of the service um, to our families and and young people. Wow. So yeah. if you, as I did, as you uh, Google uh, yeah. Nathan Atkinson, uh, Summerlin <laughs> Christian College. That's a terrifying thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, in your case, it was quite flattering because what, <laughs> what came about was a whole bunch of links to articles, uh, one in particular from, from a publication, uh, a respectable publication called Education Matters. And, and it really um, touted the benefits of your strong leadership. Uh, not just within the school, but in the community during that time. What was it in your leadership style? What was it that that you did in your decision making? Do you think that inspired that sentiment? Firstly, I'm a little little, little bit embarrassed to hear you use phrases like that because um, I was just genuinely part of a, a team that that um, got around and strategized mm. um, for. For that period of time, we had, a, we had a strong urge, and uh, I guess it was my strong motivating factor to, to just to get us together quickly, um, to get wow. to get the key leaders together so that we might pray and uh, strategize together. Uh, we have a very strong partnership with our our governing church and um, senior senior pastor and board chair and the the eldership team. Uh, we we got together and um, realized that we could set up our school kitchens. Um, what I love, though, about what you're sharing right there, it, I, I think there's a, a striking lesson. The team that you describe Absolutely. so humbly, yeah. that wasn't a team that came together over the course of that evening. That was a team that you'd worked hard to establish over the course of time. Well, I'd, It I'd, came I'd, to fruition in that moment. Yeah, and uh, look, But they, that team is, is, I think, a critical piece. Yeah, and I would say those who'd, who'd, who'd served 
before me for sure. Um, we'd only been together for um, about five, four, six school weeks, I think, um, wow. before before the event happened. But um, we had immediately gelled together as a team. Um, no, no doubt about that. But we were able to make make partnerships all the way along there, partnering with our governing church, Centre Church, as I, I mentioned, to open up our school kitchen. So we provided facility, and they provided some. Um, uh, person power um, with that, and we were we were able to just to get out thousands of meals in real time, directly in the hands of those who were affected. Um, you know, tears rolling down face, sheer exhaustion, uh, desperation in in some cases, but a hot meal in the hand and a, a comforting word from uh, Christian. Uh, yeah, that that was that was very heartening, and um, I pray uh, that those stories have an impact on our. Kingdom building ability moving into the future. Yeah, um, it's, no doubt. You know, I um, I love those words from St. Francis of Assisi. Preach the gospel at all times and sometimes, if necessary, use words. Uh, that's it. Um, of course, we need to, to speak the gospel, but hand in hand with that, uh, loving acts um, that uh, are immediately identifiable as coming from our yeah. great God. So, you know, that... Yeah, you know, we we pray that there was a practical um, help in that, but there might be some enduring value for for kingdom purposes. The other thing that strikes me in your story is that so often, as we endure these trying circumstances, as we uh, walk through these trying times, we tend to go pragmatic. We tend to say, okay, uh, I need to do this, this, and this, and and your decisions become a series of to-do lists, and we too often set aside the priority of prayer. But it sounds like that spiritual discipline was key and critical in your decision-making, and and it was part of the process as well. Absolutely. And uh, coming together to to pray, and I, I guess strategy came out of that almost by I wouldn't say accident <laughs> God God is pretty good at making deposits in into um, our consciousness about what it is that we we need to do next but wow. uh, absolutely starts starts with prayer and um, yeah no, no doubt about that Jeff so Val- valuable lesson yeah there you know there was a quote that you gave in one of the press accounts that I found to be especially profound you said this you said this experience influenced me on several fronts I am convinced that leadership is about people. We could spend a whole episode on that sentence. That's a profound sentence. I am convinced that leadership is about people. Because it sounds obvious, right? Yeah. Like, we lead people. Um, but so often we get caught up in you know, models and ways of thinking that just keep policies, us in procedures, our... Yeah. And, and that's a necessary part of our work. But each of those policies, each one of those procedures, each one of our strategies is to do with serving people and, and to, to be making their worlds, um, this this kingdom of which we are um, members of, um, a better place and to be built. Um, there's there's no doubt about that. And um, probably probably for me being a new a new principal, that being my first year, um, lots of theoretical knowledge transferred over into practical situations mm. delivered out. And um, it was literally well, some sink some or experience. Swim. Yeah, yes, um, some experience principals were would probably laugh at my statement about leadership being about people, but how quickly we forget. We do. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, your quote continues. You said, this might seem obvious to most, for it is people we serve, but it must be taken to heart and allowed to influence all levels of decision-making in ways of leading. I continue to ponder the extraordinarily simple but oh-so-instructive charge as leaders to love our people. Mm-hmm. Our true north is established when our values are in order and all else seems to flow out of it. Yeah. Profound. Yeah, well, I think when when Jesus is number one, and uh, that's a that's that's the true north uh, for us, then you know everything falls in line off of that. Um, yeah. I remember being on a mission trip to Vanuatu, or oh, maybe seven or eight years ago, and um, uh, the the local tongue Bishlama, um, they don't distinguish between words. Often they put them together. That's just part of their language, and uh, they talk about Jesus being number one. And they say it as one word, um, but that's they just know that when mm. they get Jesus number one, number one, everything else hangs off that. And I think as Christian leaders, um, we overcomplicate things, yeah? Yeah, um, so true. When Jesus is number one, um, we're, we're, how can you not be engaged in kingdom building activity, whether that's responding to crisis or um, in general mainstream ministry and school leadership or teaching or administration or whatever, whatever your calling is. And... Um, each of us absolutely have one. And um, when Christ is number one, we're kingdom building. Amen. Yeah. Well, that's a mic drop moment, and I won't, I won't <laughs> add any, any yeah. comment to it. I just want to yeah. say, Nathan, thanks you for, for your time on campus today. Thank you for spending time with us and our listeners through Kingdom Culture Conversations. And mm-hmm. thanks for the good work that you're doing at Summerlin Christian College in Australia. Likewise, I'm, in, I'm inspired by what's happening here at... Um, uh, Northwest Christian College and the innovative ways that you are going about um, doing kingdom works here. Um, one of the phrases I used half an hour into to talking with Jeff um, a few few hours ago was um, looking 360 degrees around um, and, and attending to, to every little part. And um, yeah, bless you and your ministry. Bless this whole college community, this school community. Oh, and thank you. Um, yeah, amen. Thank you. Northwest Christian me. College. I kind of like the ring of that. Did I say Northwest Christian you College? You did, and I liked it. See, it's so embedded into me, <laughs> the word college, well, Christian fun. school. Yeah. That's Bless fun. you, brother. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Take care, folks. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.